live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. And like Steph Curry in Game 4 of the 2016 Western Conference Semifinals against the Blazers, I'm here. I am back. Hope everyone had a great holiday week. We are now in 2022, and yesterday in the NFL... The 49ers and Texans game gave us a lot to talk about as Trey Lance made his second start as the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. And at 888-957-9570, that's the text line and the phone number. Would love for you to weigh in on that. And yes, someone, please already text in your Antonio Brown joke that you got. I guarantee you that's going to come in at the text line at some point. Steven, are you going to be like Antonio Brown and then take off your shirt and leave the studio? Something like that. Something like that's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point. Just wondering when. But good morning, everyone. It's great to it's great to be back. Uh, of course, you heard me last week, all week from six to ten. But I'm back in the saddle from five to six now. The 49ers won this game yesterday, twenty three to seven, and. There's a lot to get to with Trey Lance and how he performed, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Of course, again, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. But I got to give credit to the defense first. Look, anytime I don't care who your starting quarterback is, anytime you hold the opposition to seven points, you're going to do something right. And even though. You had the P.I.s to Josh Norman and Dante Johnson back-to-back. You still got them back in field goal range because they sacked them for nine yards, and that completely changed everything in the game. It kept the score at 10-7 instead of it being a 10-10 ball game, and they made it to the 49ers ended up making it 17-7 on the following drive. It's little plays like that that matter, but I wanted to open this up by giving credit to the defense. Fred Warner was all over the field yesterday, and if you're looking at any indication as to the impact that Nick Bosa made, Well, even though none of those sacks to Davis Mills, the Houston Texans quarterback, even though none of those sacks were attributed to Nick Bosa, the fact that they were double-teaming him, trying to chip him all game, and guys like Ebukam and Arden Key and Eric Armstead all were able to take advantage, it was huge. But Fred Warner was all over the field yesterday at the linebacker position. Anytime that the Texans were trying to run the football with Rex Burkhead, Fred Warner was all over it. He had 15 total tackles yesterday. Marcel Harris with the huge interception in the third quarter. Uh, Plenty to go around uh, with the defense. So really, I wanted to start off by giving them credit first because the defense making the plays is what gave the 49ers momentum on offense after looking a little flat in that first half. I, I guess I'd say, I should say, in the first half up until, you know, there was 48 seconds left or whatever there was until uh, uh, until the half. But I want to get to Trey Lance because the, Trey Lance is the talk. And again, 888-957-9570 if you want to weigh in. Trey Lance, uh, to start out the game, looked a little jittery, was making a couple of throws, uh, you know, made a couple of completions that looked pretty good, but... Overall, he looked like the quarterback that we saw in Arizona. A guy who, you know, when he got when he dropped back into into the pocket, he looked a little question. Whoa, excuse me, jeez, looked like he was a little questionable with the throws that he was going to be making. When the pressure got to him, he started running around trying to scramble and trying to make something out of nothing. Looked a little jittery, and then of course it was capped off by this interception from the forty-five. Lots of time, throwing, and intercepted. Picked off at the 35-yard line by Desmond King, who's coming back on the sideline. Now, on that throw, he had Debo Samuel open underneath. He was trying to go deep to George Kittle. He was throwing into double coverage. The, the, the cornerback had safety help over the top, so there's really nowhere that Lance could have gone. And he makes a, he, he makes a poor throw, and, it, and, and, the, and the Texans get it. But on that throw, Trey Lance did say after the game, 
look, if I make a little bit of a better throw on that, then maybe we'd be talking a little differently about how that how that play went. Uh, no, if he, even if he would have made a better throw on that uh, on that ball. I don't think it would have been caught by Kittle. Maybe if he would have had, I don't know, three to maybe two to three extra seconds in the pocket to to drop back and maybe hold on to it a little bit, but he wouldn't have gotten that ball to Kittle. He's going to learn from those mistakes, though, and that's that's the key here because Joe Shasky had a tweet yesterday, and I'm not going to read off the entire thing, but there were three words at the end of the tweet that really stuck out to me, and it was. Enjoy the development. That's the stage that we're in right now with Trey Lance. The development stage. He was 16 of 23 overall. He had 249 yards, had a couple of touchdowns in that interception, but he was only sacked once, and he overall had a 116 rating. Now, those numbers, I don't think those are the ones that really stand out. I'll get to the ones that stand out to me later on in the show because it's not just the uh, the surface numbers that I'm looking at, but... By the time he got to the end of the first half and the 49ers defense gave him yet another chance to get the ball back, even though the Texans, after they scored the touchdown to, uh, after they scored the touchdown to, was it Brandon Cooks? I believe it was Brandon Cooks. Yeah, it was Brandon Cooks, who had actually a very good game, by the way. Uh, But after they threw that touchdown to Brandon Cooks, the 49ers go three and out. They punt it away. But then the 49ers defense gives them another chance, even though the Texans had a minute and 18 left on the half. You could easily just run the clock out and just let it go. I mean, if, you know, if Kyle Shanahan had the ball with 118 left and he had Jimmy Garoppolo under center, more than likely he'd just let the clock run out just so you don't risk a turnover. Uh, but the 49ers defense gave the offense another chance and he made two big time throws. Trey Lance, that was one to Debo Samuel and one to to Brandon Nayuk, and that's where he started to get in rhythm. And, you know, if the penalty wasn't infracted on Tom Compton uh, for his false start to make it second and 15 at Houston's 31 instead of being at Houston's 26, you could have been seeing a completely different outcome for Trey Lance in that situation. But he made a couple of big-time throws. Uh, The one to Brandon Nayuk was a little wobbly, but... You know, you can overcome that at least with a, with a good wide receiver. But that's where he started to work into rhythm. And there were a ton of throws that were uh, exceptional. That touchdown to Debo at the end of the game, really to, really to, it, I don't want to say it sealed the game, but when you go up two scores on an offense like that and the defense was playing the way they were and Elijah Mitchell was running the ball the, the way that he was, you didn't feel like the Texans had a chance of even coming back into that game after the Niners scored the touchdown. And I think that's going to be a staple for Trey Lance, by the way. I think it's going to be a staple where he just rolls out to his right, you know, beyond the right hash mark, and then he throws all the way cross field across the left hash mark beyond it, and he gets the ball to whoever's open down the field. Earlier we saw it to Trent Sherfield, and this time to Debo Samuel, which was a touchdown. But the throw that was most impressive to me, and the one, if you're going to compare it to Jimmy Garoppolo, if any, because... We're going to compare the the passing charts. I saw those were put out over social media yesterday and all over NBC Sports Bay Area. The passing charts are totally different. When you're looking at Jimmy Garoppolo's passing charts, you're seeing a lot of green dots and, you know, some red in the middle of the field in short yardage situations because he makes those short intermediate throws over the middle on those quick slants. But also... You don't see anything outside the numbers. Now with Trey Lance already in one game, much more spread out. And we can talk about that all day. The fact that he could throw outside the numbers and make throws like he did to Debo Samuel with accuracy and with speed. But there's one specific throw that I'm looking at, and it was to start out the second half. It was to start out the second half when they were in a a third down territory. It was third and six. It was the first third down of the uh, uh, to open the half there. And Trey Lance just rifles it to Brandon Ayuk over the middle. 
Now, if you're going to you know, compare and contrast throws to Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that's the one that you got to use there because he got it in such a tight window, and he got it maybe 12 to 15 yards downfield as opposed to 8 to 10. And anytime Garoppolo would do that over the middle, well, he'd throw it eh, not as hard. He'd have more touch on it. And at that point, the defense would have just that, that extra step, that little bit more time to try and intercept the ball. Now, granted, Lance did make a couple of balls that uh, threw a couple of balls that could have been intercepted. There was one to Christian Kirksey, which could have easily, uh, which easily could have gone back the other way. But we see that with quarterbacks all the time. They they make they make throws that could possibly have been interceptions. But you know, secondary, they don't exactly have good hands. That's why they're in the secondary. But it's that one throw on third and six. And if you go back and watch the game, I think that's the one to me. Where if you're comparing and contrasting him to Jimmy Garoppolo, that's the type of throw that Jimmy could try to make, but I don't know if he could have fit it in that window. We could see him fit it in the window maybe 8 to 10 yards downfield, but not the way that he did there. And he had that pass to to Kittle, which originally I thought was dropped, but somehow Kittle made that catch. Uh, It was the reception for 29 yards. He only had two targets on the game, George Kittle, but... But you want to you want to see that more. You want to see Kittle get maybe at least five targets a game. But this one, it, it just wasn't in the cards, and they didn't really need Kittle the entire game because of the run game. Now, I'm not going to say that Trey Lance made all the difference in the run game because we've seen we've seen the Niners establish a run even with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. I'm not going to say that. But overall, they ran the ball 37 times for 175 yards. Didn't score a touchdown out of it. Elijah Mitchell had that receiving touchdown at the end of the game to to ice it on a play that they ran over and over in practice and worked every single time, according to Elijah Mitchell. But he had 21 carries for 119 yards. And this is the crazy stat right here. And this is what's going to be key when it comes to playoff time. The Niners this season are 6 and 0 when they run the ball 30 or more times and they're 21 and 1 overall under Kyle Shanahan when they run the ball 30 or more times. So if you could do that, that's going to be the key. And really, I mean if it, I don't care who's the starter. If if Trey Lance is the starter, Jimmy G's the starter, hell, if Davis Mills was the starter for the 49ers, I think a lot of quarterbacks are winning that game because of the way the defense performed and the way that the Niners were able to run the football. It was a good win. It was a solid debut. I'm not going to go to say that Trey Lance is already within the top tier of quarterbacks. I'm not going to say he's within the Mahomes or uh, 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 Josh Allen, Tom Brady class. I'm not going to say that yet. I don't think anyone should. But... At the very least, he looks like he could be the starting quarterback for your franchise, and I think that's what you want, a little bit of promise, because if he would have lost that game yesterday, I think there would have been a lot of question marks around him this morning. I think he should feel very confident. How confident do you feel? 888 That's the text line and the phone number. What is your confidence in Trey Lance? But another move was made, because we've been going so much on Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey should start, Jimmy should start, blah, 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 blah. But there was one move that was made in this game that didn't have to do with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, and it had to do with the roster decision, and I actually think that can carry over into the playoffs, and I think Kyle Shanahan has an even tougher job ahead of him of deciding who should start at this specific position. I'll get to that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. From the 510, A.B., the Kyrie of football, AB, referring to Antonio Brown. Now, if you didn't see this yesterday, and we're gonna, con- I'm gonna continue to talk 49ers here. And triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. How did you feel about Trey Lance's second start of the season yesterday? I want to know from you. What is your confidence level in him right now? How are you feeling? But when I saw this yesterday with Antonio Brown, when 
the Buccaneers are losing to the Jets. And if not for a fourth down call where they call a a quarterback run for Zach Wilson when they're in fourth and two. If not for that, maybe the Bucks don't come back and win that football game. But as the Buccaneers were down, Antonio Brown goes off of the field, starts taking off his pads, takes off his uniform, throws his pads away as white fellow wide receiver Mike Evans is trying to tell him, look, man, what are you doing? This is stupid. But then A.B. goes off, walks off the field anyway, completely shirtless, goes down the Jets end zone, waves to the crowd, and, and makes it all about him because I guess Bruce Arians said he, he wasn't going back into the game, and if he's not okay with that, then he should just leave. So Antonio Brown took it to heart, and he left. But I think it's too disrespectful to Kyrie to say that. I really do. That's how, that's how low I think of Antonio Brown. Now, granted, he maybe did something that all of us have wanted to do at some point in our lives, which is, you know, pull a Scarface from Half Baked and just, <laughs> just walk out of the job. You know, F you, F you, F you, you're cool. But, you know, we, we've all wanted to do that at some point, right? With some specific job. Maybe, it, maybe, maybe he, li- he lived the dream that we all wanted, but to do that. In the middle of a game, it was just ridiculous. I don't even think Kyrie will stoop down to that level. And when it comes to Kyrie, too, I I think with everything with Aaron Rodgers saying that he was immunized and and instead of being said or instead of being vaccinated, whatever it was, I think that actually made Kyrie look a little bit better too. I I think calling Kyrie the Antonio Brown uh, or uh, I think calling Antonio Brown the Kyrie of football, I think that's disrespectful to Kyrie. I think it is. All right. 888-957-9570 if you want to weigh in. Continue to weigh in on Trey Lance. And we've been... we I've been hearing fans call for Trey Lance really all season. We'd get at least one text to show, which is totally understandable. If you're frustrated by Jimmy Garoppolo, then fine. But something else that people were calling for was Josh Norman to be done. Josh Norman, what's he doing as our starter Put him on the bench. What are we doing? Well, when that defensive pass interference happened, when the game was, uh, when the when the Niners were up ten to seven, and the game was still in reach for the Texans, Davis Mills decided to play the smart play and just heave it up to Brandon Ho- Brandon Cooks because that's your number one guy. And Josh Norman got called for pass interference. Then he got benched. Enter in Dante Johnson who then had a pass interference for himself. Now, the Niners have given up the most yards to defensive pass interference in the league by a very large margin, and it didn't slow down there. And I think the even tougher decision for Kyle Shanahan, besides this whole Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo thing, we'll get to what Shanahan said after the game. Uh, about uh, We'll get to what Shanahan, Shanahan said after the game about Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, who's going to start going forward, blah, blah, blah. But I think... Shanahan, D'Amico, Ryans, and company have an even tougher decision about who to start on the opposite side because Emmanuel Mosley, he could be coming back from the high ankle sprain and you'll have uh, Ombre Thomas, but there had to have been something there with Josh Norman when he signed to the team where they were going to make him the starter. It feels like it feels like if Emmanuel Mosley's coming back from that high ankle sprain, it wouldn't be him and Aubrey Thomas. It would be him and Josh Norman. And I think it's an easy decision. I think right away you start Emmanuel Mosley on the opposite side with Aubrey Thomas on the other side. But it could come down to a situation where you might even have to have Josh Norman as the starter because there might have been some incentive there uh, when he signed with the 49ers when they needed him. Just something to point out. Just something to point out. My goodness. I, I couldn't believe... Uh, I-, I-, I just... I couldn't believe I saw another one yesterday. You figured he would have learned by now. But let's get back to the quarterback position. Now, first off, here's what Shanahan had to say uh, about Trey Lance's day. I think he did some real good things. Besides that, uh, the bad interception, I thought he protected the ball real well. I mean, that was a big thing going into this game. And he did a good job on all those except for one play. I think he was very efficient, just looking at his numbers and things like that. That big play at the end was huge. And for the most part, he made some pretty good decisions running the ball. Now, his numbers, if you're looking at them from a surface level, and we got a text earlier in the show from the 707, that line is the exact same as every Every single Jimmy start in his career, Lance can do what Jimmy can do and should stay in there. Now, 
Lance's stat line was 16 for 23. 249 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception with a 116 rating. But here's the difference in those stat lines to me compared to Garoppolo. It's that average amount of yards. Now, we've seen that before with Jimmy. He was leading the league in in average yards per play. He was, he was number one, uh, and then second was Kyler Murray, who was right behind him. But I think those numbers were a little inflated because of the yards after the catch. And in yesterday's game, compared to every other quarterback that performed in Week 17, Trey Lance led the league in average intended air yards, meaning the, the air yards per throw. He was averaging 11.5. The next up was Tom Brady, who was averaging 10.4. And his completed air yards, on average, was 9.6. In comparison, the next man up was Jalen Hurts with 8.8. So damn near a full yard average completed more than the other's quarterbacks in, in the league in Week 17. That's something you haven't really seen from Jimmy Garoppolo. And I was thinking about this too. The yards after the catch is great, right? We'd all love the yard. We'd, we'd all love to have guys like Debo Samuel who can who who can catch a ball from two yards out and somehow turn it into a 15-yard gain. We'd all love those kind of guys. We'd love to have a guy like George Kittle where you could just run a pass. At a, we could just throw a pass to the flat and he could just take it for 15 yards with four guys trying to tackle him. We'd all love that. But with Trey Lance, the yards after the catch, it doesn't have to be a necessity. With Garoppolo, it did. And I look, I don't know what's going to happen with Garoppolo. If he's 100% healthy, Kyle Shanahan made it known this is how he's going to let it play out with the two quarterbacks. I, mean, I enjoy it, but I think you know, it's, it's not just for the, the individual. It's, it's for the whole team. So you're always trying to call plays to win a game, um, and you do that with lots of thoughts in mind. Excuse me, played the wrong cut. Here's the right one. I mean, you don't have to. I mean, you don't have to do anything. I mean, if you know if it's Jimmy's feeling 100%, and you know that right away on a Monday, then, then it makes it very simple. I mean, you can dedicate all of that to it. But you, even when he is like that every other week, we still have plans on what if he does get hurt in the week what happens packages we've always had for Trey situationally but it's I don't think that's gonna be the case we got to see how he plays throughout the week and we got to be ready for both um, similar to how we were this week I mean if Jimmy's 100% healthy and could do everything like perfect like then I mean I would definitely go with Jimmy I'm not just gonna throw a guy in after one game like this when Jimmy's been doing it for us all year I think it's gonna be hard for Jimmy to be 100% which is how most people are right now at this time of year but Trey did a good job Jimmy can't go we won't hesitate at all but if we feel Jimmy can go and play confident um, then Jimmy will be out there and it's not even to say that who gives him a better chance to win well that's the million dollar question that is because I haven't seen Lance play against a good team yet. I'd like to see him play against the Rams. I really would, and I don't. I don't know if seeing from what happened last week. Last week was nuts, by the way. Last week was insane with the injury reports. I don't know if you were listening from six to ten. I don't know if you still had work. If you were off work and you just didn't get a chance to listen. Or you just didn't pay attention. But everything happening within practice after that thumb injury, after it was reported, first off, the way it was reported was insane. Because you had you had, you had Shanahan speak to the media, call it a right thumb sprain, and then you had NFL Network and ESPN call it a torn ligament and then a bone chip in his thumb, which was just a very detailed way of saying it was a sprain. Because everyone was going crazy. Wait a second. Wait, wait, Shanahan didn't say it was a torn ligament in a bone chip. He said it was a sprain. Then you Google what it means, and then you'll see that Shanahan followed up, trying to clear everything up, saying it was a third-degree sprain. And then you look online and you think, oh, wait. So Shanahan, he was, you know, he was telling it how it was. It was a third-degree sprain. It was a torn ligament, which is exactly what a sprain is. And then the bone chip is just what comes along with it. He actually used the term fleck. I like that. I like that word, fleck, for the piece of uh, for the piece of bone that came off along with it. But he said that there was a chance that Jimmy could go, and um, they had a pre pre practice press conference where Shanahan said, "We'll see how it looks at, at practice." Blah blah blah. Jimmy G said, "Oh, I feel good. I, I think that I can go. Let's see how it feels at practice, and we'll get together and we'll see if I could start." But then he doesn't even show up on practice on Wednesday. Goes out and then just can't, uh, didn't even begin practice. 
Then on Thursday and Friday, still didn't practice. Then yesterday, didn't even suit up. So when Shanahan says if he's 100% healthy, he'll go, I don't think he's going to be 100% healthy. Not with not with a thumb injury like that. And then it was reported that he could get surgery after the season on something like this. So if he's not 100%, Trey Lance is going to go. And all signs point toward Trey Lance being the better quarterback. And really, I, I think... At least the more skilled quarterback. I think we have been undervaluing Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit because he does have an ability to win games and he understands the offense. But it's just a different system that they run with Trey. Everything about it. Because the system you run with Jimmy, I actually think the interception that Trey Lance threw is a product of the system they run, which is... You just look at the guy, whoever's going to get the ball. You look at your number one read, and sometimes you don't even look at the defenders. You just assume that the receiver is going to be open, which is what happened a lot with Jimmy. And you know, a lot of it worked to his advantage. And sometimes when you'd be wondering why are those boneheaded, why is he making those boneheaded interceptions? Well, it's because of the system that they run. But you're not going to see that so much with Trey, I don't think. From the five one zero. Jimmy G looked good yesterday. His deep ball's improving. Oh, wait. Haha, ha, play the kid. I knew he was going to lead us back. Unleash the fury. That's from Oreo Cookie from the 209. Trey has a laser arm in deep pass. Uh, and then, uh, let's see here. Uh, from the 510. Steven from Hercules. I think Mark My Words prediction is coming true. Jimmy possibly gets hurt. I mean, you did, you did call it. From the 209. No wobble passes from Trey this time. Good. I disagree with that. There were there were a couple of those wobbly passes from him. I like that too. The wobble passes. That's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna have with Trey Lance now. Instead of the Jimmy oh no throws, it's gonna turn into the Trey wobble passes. I I, I do think he's gonna start against the Rams though. I don't think that uh, I, I don't think judging from last week, I don't think Jimmy's gonna be starting. I'm no doctor, I'm no expert, but Unless things drastically improve throughout the week, I think you're going to see Trey Lance starting. Personally, I want to see what he looks like against a good team. The Texans are not a good defense. Sure, they're up there in interceptions. It's very odd. The top 10 teams uh, in interceptions this year, they're all playoff teams, and then you have the Houston Texans. Very weird, but then they're second to last in rushing defense. At least they were prior to yesterday. Uh, the stats have yet to be updated for every team, uh, but I have a feeling that they're going to be dead last after yesterday uh, when the Niners ran 37 times on them. They are not a good defense, but I think that Trey Lance going up against the Rams in Week 18 at SoFi Stadium, man, that's the type of that's the type of game that you want to see with the weight on Trey Lance's shoulders. There, you want to see your rookie quarterback get the start in that spot. I know that you think, well, you need the win, blah blah blah. But point is, even if you don't get the win, you still have a pretty solid chance of getting into the playoffs. Because if the Niners lose and let's just say the Saints win, then you're in trouble. And the Saints next week do play the Falcons, so it's a very real possibility. But man, if the 49ers do end up winning this game, whoo-wee, and Trey Lance is starting starting is the starting quarterback. I mean, you already know you got your guy. You got your guy, but that should make you far more excited for what's to come in the future. But that's also some conversation that we're going to get into later in the week. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's the text line and the phone number. If you want to weigh in. Now, Trey Lance, what did you think of his second start? We got a new audience coming in. I'd love to hear your texts and your calls at 888 Then we'll get to what Kyle Shanahan had to say. Trey Lance and George Kittle, they all had a lot to say after the game. So we'll get to that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The fake to Mitchell this time. Lance going to wind up and throw and it is complete inside the 15, 10, 
Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7 The Game. From the 707. Just need Philly to lose on Saturday against Dallas, right? You know what? There's so many little scenarios within this within the playoffs here. Here's the key. You want to you want to get to the playoffs. You want that 6 seed? Win. Win against the Rams. Now if they lose, you're going to start to pay attention to all of that. If you still want the 16 and the Niners to lose, well then you need the Saints to lose and Philly to lose, so you are right there. And if you want the 7 seed and the Niners do lose, then you want the Saints to lose but Philadelphia to win. And if the if the Niners lose, and the Saints win, and the Saints beat the Falcons, Niners are out. So, really, the key is just win. That's all you need. Credit to CBS for the audio. That was Greg Gumbel and Adam Archuleta on the call. Speaking of which, Archuleta, I, I don't know about you. This is this is just me, but it felt like I was listening to John Lynch on a broadcast again. He really did. He had the same type of, I guess it was the accent and the, the same type of cadence that John Lynch has. John Lynch is a little smoother, has a little more swag to what he's saying. But they both sounded the exact same to me. I, re- I felt like I was listening to Lynch again on a broadcast, pre-GM days. From the 510, the kid got better as the game went on. He's going to be great, needs to start next week. Jimmy's done. The future is now. And... That's what's interesting here, because there are so many little angles that you can go with, and we are going to talk about Trey Lance because we got a lot of big picture stuff to talk about throughout the week. Uh, We're going to have a Warriors and Heat game tonight, looking forward to that, Um, but we're going to have that discussion of, well, if Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, if he plays again, let's just say that he is 100% healthy. I don't think he will be, but let's just say he is, and he does go. Ultimately, you so a lot of 49er fans still think that Garoppolo gives them the better chance to win because he haven't seen Trey against good teams yet, against a team that can you know go up on you early. I mean, the Texans had a handful of uh, opportunities to go up uh, on the first half and take a lead, but they didn't do that. But you're going to run the situation of, well, do we want Trey Lance starting in this game, or do we want... Jimmy to start because if he does start and let's just say he does win not only are you you know getting into the playoffs and 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 whatnot but you're also increasing his draft value and you're getting something in return for him when you're still without that third round pick for this next season you could get a third round pick for Jimmy I don't know if you could get that right now but his trade value can go up if he does start. But if he doesn't start and you're going with Trey Lance, I think fans will be okay with that either way. From the 510, Archuleta's a good broadcaster. I think so. I think so. I'm not saying he's not. I, I think he's good. You know, there are a couple of moments where he's, you know, trying to improvise and, you know, some, make some comedy out of it, but he couldn't really do that. But in terms of explaining the game, he was great. I thought he was awesome. And who am I to tell someone about creating comedy? I'm really not funny. All right, let's go to Mitch in New Jersey who wants to weigh in on Trey Lance. What's going on, Mitch? How we doing, Steve? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, man. That was a great game. Our defense played well. I tell you, Trey Lance, he should be starting the rest of the year. And, of course, it was obvious he start next year for all you gave up to him. And Mitchell and Norris, when he comes back, we're going to have some uh, running game and a quarterback who can throw and run. He moves, baby. Thanks for taking my call, Stevie. I appreciate you, Mitch. And if you want to weigh in as well, 888-957-9570. I mean, every week is going to be different with Lance. Every week. And these are going to be the ups and downs that you have. And each week, a lot of fans are going to be saying, oh, he's not the right pick. Kyle Shanahan made the wrong decision. Just relax. I mean, the first half, I'm seeing everyone going crazy before you know the 45 second mark hit the first half, I'm seeing everyone go nuts. Seeing everyone go crazy. What what is happening with the fans? It's just hanging on to every single throw. I know he didn't play that well in the first half, but my goodness, you couldn't even give him a chance to come back. Everyone at halftime, I mean, hell, the the Niner fans were booing them in the first half. Now they weren't necessarily booing uh, Trey Lance they, exactly. I mean, they were booing the play calling more or less. I mean, they there were a couple of them. There was that fourth down where the uh, where Elijah Mitchell got stuffed, and in that drive, Shanahan thought, "All right, I'm going to run two 
designed quarterback runs. That'll fool them. I'll run it on second down, but then I'll run it again on third down. They're not going to expect it on third down. They're going to think, oh, you're just running it on second down. You're not going to do it again, but I am going to do it again, and it's going to fail, and it didn't look good. But he was able to come back in the second half, and I think Kyle Shanahan was a little tentative in his play calling, not really drawing up many deep shots, not letting Trey Lance work, not playing to his strengths. But then in the second half, once they were set up after the Niners' defense gave him a three and out, he looked so much more comfortable. A lot more comfortable. Just within the pocket. You know, not feeling like he needs to scramble outside and, and you know, always try and run for the first down. Maybe try and look for the open receiver and try to make a pass. The, the, the opportunities that you're going to have with Trey Lance as your starting quarterback, they're, gonna, they're going to be so many more plays that open up as you compared to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's going to be so refreshing for Niner fans when he does eventually get that job of being the de facto starter. It's really, look, if Garoppolo was healthy, Trey Lance wouldn't be starting. That's just a fact. He, he wouldn't be. If, if Garoppolo was 100% going into this game, then it would, we would have been seeing number 10 under center. We wouldn't have been seeing number 5. But man, those, those play-action passes, Shanahan getting guys open deep downfield, I think there's a lot to look forward to with this guy. And you can only make so much out of a debut against the Texans, but at the very least, he didn't lose you that game. Didn't lose you that game. Isn't that what you want? Just at least a guy who can beat a bad Texans team. Now, somebody was saying here, where is it? Uh, from the 415, yeah, the Texans aren't good, but every given Sunday when they beat down on the Judges, that's the type of game right there where if the quarterback throws a couple of interceptions, if maybe one of those passes leaves his hands weird or you know he, he he might release it too late or something like that whatever it is or you know whether he sees somebody downfield but it but it's but it's in double coverage whatever it is he didn't make those dumb plays he didn't really make many dumb decisions in the second half but when he when he saw someone open downfield, he was willing to take advantage of it. And I'm and I'm telling you that second half throw at the opening possession when they get to third and six. If you want to compare and contrast Garoppolo and Trey Lance, we're always going to be talking about those throws outside the numbers. We're going to be talking about those throws deep downfield. We'll always be talking about those throws like the one that Trey Lance made to Debo Samuel that we played coming into the segment. Where you're just going across the field, you go, you scram, you you roll out to the right uh, beyond the right hash mark, then you throw all the way across the field down to the left, and you get Debo Samuel in stride. We can talk about those types of throws all day long, but the types of throws that Jimmy can't really make are the ones that are 12 to 15 yards downfield, which is where that slant was with Brandon Ayuk. It's not just these quick slants; it's these deep slants. You know, instead of running. Two yards, three two yards, three steps, whatever it is, and then making that cut. Instead, it's all right. You know what? Maybe let me get seven yards, eight yards out, and then make the cut and have Trey Lance make the throw. Shout out to the offensive line for giving him some time. By the way, uh, Trey Lance was hit a lot in his debut, and that was also a product of the design runs that Shanahan was uh, kept on calling. It was a product of that, but also it was a product of the offensive line not looking very good in that game and letting the Cardinals get into the backfield. Marcus Golden was destroying the offensive line in that game. They didn't let any guys on the Texans do that. Now, again, it is the Texans, but um, but they still did a very good job of at least keeping a clean pocket for him. I think that was the key there. All right, 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. But we are talking Trey Lance, the 49ers, and what happened in yesterday's win for the 49ers. All right, what's your name? Where you calling from? I can't screen your calls during a break because we don't have a break until the next show comes up. What's your name? Where you calling from? This is Eric from Oakland. Eric in Oakland. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, first of all, Happy New Year, man. I didn't get to talk to you before the New Year's. So I hope you have a great uh, weekend with your loved ones. And Thanks, man. You everything too. Like that. Yeah, so uh, obviously, you know, I'm I'm number one Trey fan over here, and I, I, I'm happy we got the win yesterday. It was really uncomfortable the first half. Got to be honest with you, I wasn't too confident in, in, in the play calling. You know, I, I had 
problem with the play calling again. Kyle Shanahan was trying to turn him into this option quarterback again. His play calling was so so poor, uh, remedial to say the least. And then finally in the second half, it's kind of like you know what? I have this weapon. I'm going to do exactly what I dreamed of. He had him rolling out right, rolling out left. He had him play action. He had him doing exactly why you draft this player for. Exactly why you know why you draft this player for. I'm really happy for Trey. These are a couple of baby steps, hopefully headed in the right direction. Not sure if he's going to start next week, and I don't even know how I feel if he does start next week, whether I'm confident enough in him winning, because the Rams, you know, they, they have to play for a purpose. Now it's, it's for the division, it's for a home game, right. and it's not going to be easy on the road. So I'm kind of concerned. I'm happy. I'm nervous. I'm optimistic. Carolina did no favors yesterday. And, and the, can you imagine the Saints with no quarterback making the playoffs? I'm just going to throw up in my own mouth right now. It's gross. <laughs> All right, appreciate the phone call, Eric. And that's the kind of that's the beautiful part about sports, though. The type of emotion that he was feeling—you don't really get that with a lot of other things. You don't get that nervous, optimistic, skeptical kind of feeling, conflicting feelings like that with a lot of things in life. And that's what makes sports uh, so great. But let's get to let's get to Trey Lance here, and here's what he had to say after the game, comparing this start to his last one against the Cardinals. Uh, it was good to be at home, a lot quieter. When we're on offense, that helps. It was good to have George back also, and Elijah. Obviously, I think you know us being at, at full strength, obviously without Jimmy, uh, helps me out a lot. It gives me a lot of confidence. Um, but I don't think I felt a whole lot different coming into it. I felt just as prepared. Uh, obviously, I feel like I'm farther along and I'm continuing to get better with, with every practice, every rep I take. But yeah, I don't think mentally or, or mindset-wise it was anything different. And I think a lot of people are going to be paying attention to that clip right there. The one where he's saying that he feels more comfortable with every rep that he takes. And this is just me. But I do not want to hear the oh, Trey should have started week one. Could you imagine the quarterback that he would have, how he would have looked as the quarterback now if he would have started right away? I don't want to hear that because it's a hypothetical that we'll never know. It will never know what it looks like if Trey would have debuted in week one his rookie season. We would not, we'll never know. And I, and I don't, I'm not going to buy the hypothetical that, yeah, the 49ers would be in the same position. Hell, even a better position if Trey was the starter since week one. I don't want to hear that now. Not in week 17. Maybe I would have been willing to hear that in, you know, week six. Would have been willing to hear that in week 10. But ever since the Niners started coming back and uh, playing some really good football, started establishing themselves as the best running team in the league, I don't want to hear any of that. That's just me, though. You can you can feel free to text in at the text line or call in at 888 but I'm not going to read it, and I'm not going to entertain it because it's just a hypothetical that we'll never know about. And it's one of those hypotheticals where I get it. If you're uh, if you're uh, like the where is it where is it here from the four one five? Yeah, they were doing Trashahan and his stupid play calls. If you're the Trashahan type who doesn't like Kyle Shanahan, you're probably going to be saying this a lot. And you know what? You could be right, but it's a hypothetical that we're not going to know. That's it. From the 925, I'll take Jimmy as a safe bet against the Rams in the must-win. It was nice to see a pass downfield, though. Did Josh Norman get benched? That he did. He got benched for Dante Johnson, who came in and subsequently had a DPI as well, uh, <laughs> but uh, which uh, which ended up leading the, leading the Texans downfield. And that was one of the many stops that the defense made, though, because they ended up sacking Davis Mills. It was a nine-yard sack, and instead of it being a 36-yard field goal, it turned into a 45-yard field goal. And that's what I opened the show with, and I'm going to say it again. I don't care who was starting as your quarterback in that game. If your defense plays that well, okay, well that that's that might be a little hyperbolic. I could I, I could uh, I you know I, you could name a really really bad quarterback. I mean, if let's just say Eric and Oakland mentioned this from the Saints, but let's just say Ian Book was your starting quarterback, maybe not. But let's just say Davis Mills was under center. Let's just say Jimmy Garoppolo was under center. Let's just, Hell, I'll even throw in Nate Sudfeld. If Nate Sudfeld would have played in that game, I think the Niners could have, I think he could have gotten the win there because of how well that defense played. How well, they were coming through in so many moments. Fred Warner was flying all over the field 
and they're still one of the league's best run defenses. And you know they're in the top ten in pass defense, but they don't take into account the the penalties. And in terms of defensive pass interference, they're the worst in the league by a very large margin. So you do got to take that into your analysis of the defense. But they looked good yesterday, and as the week goes on. Sure, you might be seeing Jimmy Garoppolo. That's who we're going to be paying attention to. But you could be seeing Dre Greenlaw back. And you saw Josh Norman get benched for Dante Johnson. But if Emmanuel Mosley has that uh, comes back from the high ankle sprain and he looks good. And Aubrey Thomas, Aubrey Thomas made a couple of nice plays yesterday. I mean, if he would have caught the damn ball, he would have had an interception. I thought he made a. I thought he had a very nice game yesterday. Overall, the pass defense looked great. Jaquaski Tart was making plays. I, I, I think they're in a very good spot right now. And by the time that, uh, by the time that you get more healthy and you bring back a Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Al Shayir making his return, the defense wasn't even fully healthy, and they held this Texans team to twenty-seven points when they just scored forty-one against the Chargers. So I, I think. I, I I feel good about where the Niners are at right now, but yesterday's game, I don't care who's starting at quarterback, the defense gave them so many opportunities to win, and then you had the interception by Marcel Harris, which ended up leading to a touchdown as well. If the defense plays like that, they're golden. Now, Nick Bosa didn't get a sack yesterday, and it looks like his... Defensive player of the year candidacy candidacy is diminishing because he hasn't had that game-wrecking play. But the way that we talk about Steph Curry in the points that don't count, the points that are scored by the Warriors, and we call it gravity, right? I actually wanted to make a new stat for Steph Curry. I wanted to call it the gravity assist, the GA, for when he gets triple teamed and leaves a player wide open uh, beyond the three-point line and they manage to get a score. I wanted to create that stat. Who would take note of that stat? I don't know. Not my job. I'm just the radio host who's a loudmouth. I'll, I'll say that they can create the stat. Not going to do it. <laughs> but with Nick Bosa, there are so many plays where he's just getting double teamed. He's getting chipped. Hell, he caused a holding penalty yesterday, which was huge in that one, which negated a first down. He's involved in so many plays when he doesn't even get a sack. And overall, they were able to sack Davis Mills three times in that one. And they were getting pressure, it felt like, on every play. And Samson Ebukam and Eric Armstead, Arden Key, they all looked really good, I thought. Charles Omenahu in that one. They got some depth at D-line, and that depth is starting to take advantage. They weren't doing that so much at the beginning of the season, but now in the second half of the season, they're really taking advantage of their one-and-one opportunities when Nick Bosa's taking all the double teams. So I think he deserves a lot of credit as well. And, and when it comes to the playoffs... I know that uh, I understand the notion that um, the Niners shouldn't fear any team. Well, look, the Packers, they just locked up the number one seed and seeing how well they played in Green Bay when it was 10-degree weather. Sure, that, that does make you a little nervous, but the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, the Cardinals, they have all been susceptible to losing. Hell, the Buccaneers would have lost to the Jets if it wasn't for a stupid fourth fourth and two call where they designed a quarterback run for Zach Wilson instead of handing it off to Braxton Berrios who was motioning across the line of scrimmage to try and get a first down. Robert Sala, Robert Sala I mean, former defensive coordinator for the 49ers, in case you forgot turned into the New York Jets head coach he called that, he didn't call out his coaches by name But he said after the game, yeah, if we converted that fourth and two, that game would have been over. There was a miscommunication between the quarterback and the coaches, and we just completely played it wrong. They would have won that game against the Bucs. The Bucs lost 9-0 to to the Saints. Like, there's... These teams can be beat. I'm not sure about the Packers so much, but the 49ers, the way they're rolling right now, as long as they stay healthy... They do need to get this win uh, in Week 18, but if they do stay healthy, then I feel pretty good about their chances, at least of making some sort of playoff run. I'm not going to say there's a, they're a Super Bowl team. It's very tough to even say any team uh, can be the Super Bowl team, but uh, we'll see what, what it looks like going forward in the playoffs. Here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say after the game. Let's get to it. If you're wondering who's going to be starting in Week 18, so strange calling it Week 18. The fact that there is a Week 18, I'm just not used to it. A 17-game season. I don't like it too much. 
I don't like it. But here's what Kyle Shanahan had to say after the game about who will be his starting quarterback in Week 18. I mean, if Jimmy's 100% healthy and could do everything, like, perfect, like, then, I mean, I would definitely go with Jimmy. I'm not just going to throw a guy in after one game like this when Jimmy's been doing it for us all year. I think it's going to be hard for Jimmy to be 100%, which is how most people are right now at this time of year. But Trey did a good job. If Jimmy can't go, we won't hesitate at all. But if we feel Jimmy can go and play confident, um, then Jimmy will be out there. We have to wait and see. We have to wait and see. And seeing how everything played out last week, I don't know how confident I am that Jimmy's going to be 100%, especially with the amount of people that we had on who just said, look, that injury, from from my vantage point, whether it was Brian Baldinger or John McClain, who we had on from the Houston Chronicle, legendary writer who's covered the NFL for damn near 50 years, he said, anytime I've seen something like that, the comeback hasn't looked so pretty, and I don't think it's going to be happening that quick. So Shanahan saying that, he's saying, look, if Jimmy's 100%, then he'll go. I don't think he's going to be 100%. I'm no doctor, but I don't think he's going to be 100%. But you speak about the difference between Trey and Jimmy and the impact that they have on the offense. Uh, well, here's what Shanahan had to say uh, about Trey Lance and just how he can improve going forward. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, I thought he was all right then too. I mean, he played quarterback. This was his second game, so when you look at two games, there's a lot of good in it, a lot of a lot of bad too, and that's stuff that you evaluate and coach, and um, that's how it is for every quarterback. But when you only have two games to go off, you talk about those a lot more, um, which is good for us to have that. We can coach him a lot more off these two games, and but it was also fun having him um, as the guy for the whole week too. Again, you you can only read so much into just a, the second start for a rookie quarterback. You can only read so much into the debut. The debut was all we had to work with. And that's why we were skeptical about Trey Lance possibly winning your football games. But he didn't lose it for the 49ers. If there was anybody that was going to lose that game yesterday, it would be the quarterback. Because your defense was playing well. You ran the ball 37 times. Under Kyle Shanahan, the Niners are 21-1 when they run the ball 30 or more times. So the system worked. They did their job. The defense did their job. The only thing that would have lost them the game would be the quarterback. You know, whether it's an interception there or a, or a, or a fumble there when he gets sacked, a forced fumble possibly by the Texans. We've seen that happen. But they didn't sleep on them. Playoffs started for them in Week 17, and now they go into Week 18 feeling good going into SoFi Stadium. And I think it's going to be a fantastic game because uh, the Rams are starting to look a little bit better, even though they only won the game by one yesterday. Uh, but it's going to be a hell of a matchup. From the 415. You didn't even have to play it, and I already knew he was going to say what he said. From the 209, Sunday will be filled with meaningful games. That is exciting. And from the 925, good teams win, great teams cover. Had a couple of units in the Niners, minus 13 and a half. What a thrill. Oh, that thrill. Yeah, just a... I don't, I don't feel too good yesterday. I made one bet. One bet only. I said, yeah, Tom Brady, Jets, lock. Not exactly a lock. <laughs> 